Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Men. Chris, when we have guests on Evil Men, mm-hmm. do you feel more self-conscious slash embarrassed when you're doing the intro thing? Well, I feel hella embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like uh i try to put a stank on it try to keep it real but you know what that's the thing about being a performer too yeah is you, you know you got to try new jokes in front of audiences you, you got to be raw bombing yeah and you got to stick with it but you know what ever since i won the um reggae prince of trelawney beach hotel <laughs> contest when i was in grade three <laughs> i've known that you know you got to put yourself out there and take risks or you might never have a cool podcast or become reggae prince <laughs> that's a great point well we got to learn more about uh, your reggae past but first <laughs> we should mention that we have a guest because mike is away again one more week yeah he's still away but that's fine with us because mike's having a great time and we're having cool guests on yes and uh, this cool guest is alex wong what's up guys that's me. Appreciate the intro. Thanks for coming on. I Alex. never knew. I never knew those evil men drops. I thought those were drops, man. I didn't know you were doing that stuff live like that. Yeah, I want everyone to be authentic. It's kind of like our um, Bart writing on the chalkboard. Right. <laughs> it's different every time. <laughs> of each Simpsons. You know what though? Alex is right. We should just pre-record. No. <laughs> okay. I thought, no. I thought you were gonna do the beep beep as well, man. That's that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, the beep beeps on. Yeah. That's a real drop. That's a button that Mike pushes <laughs> to play. Yeah. Um, Alex, if you don't know, is an author. Yeah. New York Times, GQ. I think we should be in GQ. Yeah, I do too. Photo spread. Yeah. Um, you've written. Uh, you wrote the book Cover Story about Slam Magazine covers, and you've got a book coming out called Prehistoric about the history of the Toronto Raptors, and you are the producer and co-host of the Raptors show with Will Liu on Sportsnet in Canada. Yeah, that's right. But I'm here representing myself independently today, though. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So go hard. Yeah, I'm gonna go hard. Let her loose. <laughs> and the other thing you forgot to mention too is I'm I'm a huge evil man. Stop. yes wow that's Thank so cool God. i've told you this off air too so you know thanks it's real. man it is real and i can't believe it still i mean cool guys liking us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts dude but also yeah you are a podcast pro too like you are you guys are are you guys the hottest raptors pocket that's why you listeners at home that's why you haven't even uh, heard Alex that much yet, and how smooth does he sound already? Mm-hmm. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It's so pro. I can, yeah, yeah, we I can, are. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm so pro. I'm just interrupting <laughs> these gracious hosts um, here. No, please interrupt. In the I natter on. I na- uh, see. I interrupted you, and I yeah. natter on. Please. Will always gives me a hard time because I'm like uh, geographically challenged in Toronto. Like without the Maps app, I honestly would not be able to come to the junction. So. <laughs> Show no, the junction. Yeah, and to our listeners, he literally admitted he lives right near the Rogers Center and Air Canada Center. <laughs> so it's like, I just he can touch sports with his hands. I was like, and was that's like, his safety in like, the this, city. Is, there's another Dundas. Like, I believe this is the other Dundas. I was like, college and Dundas intersect. I don't believe so. Yeah, I got are on the you from today. Toronto? Where are you? 
Yeah, I'm definitely from Toronto. Yeah, that's what I very thought. Very challenged. Like I said, I, I was very clear about this. Like, I'm yeah. very challenged yeah. geographically here in Toronto. Yeah, that's... Yeah, shout out to the Annex. That's surprising. Oh, yeah. yeah, where is that? So I you just hug <laughs> That's on Bloor, I believe. So you just hug the CN Tower like a marker. Yeah, like basically. If, basically. if I'm near the CN Tower, I know I'm safe. You're like, I've heard that athletes who live in, who play for Toronto teams, like, basically never leave the area you live in so you're like one of these guys who like doesn't know anything north of front street i am very in my bubble and and that's a that's a big problem because i feel like toronto is such a beautiful place and i was telling chris about this before it's like whenever i travel i'm like a maniac kind of like other people you go to a new country you want to check out so many places right i do like 14 hour days like i just came back from uh seoul and tokyo and that was what i was doing like packing my itinerary and stuff and the whole time I was like, man, I could be putting together a nice seven day itinerary here in Toronto in the summer it's and checking true. out new neighborhoods, new restaurants, you know, coming to see you guys at Comedy Bar, which I'm also a big fan of. Shout out Laugh Sabbath. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Sorry. My whole podcast stick is I just shout out stuff. Yeah. yeah there's actually no substance. While you're already yeah, there's on like the no show. substance behind anything that I say. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, but I come back to Toronto and I just go to the same, like three places to eat and, you know, come to the junction once in a while when I get <laughs> invited to a pod. Yeah. You must be so yeah. scared. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really live life a quarter mile in Toronto at a time. Like if you leave this where we record, you're going to be like... It's yeah. going to be like uh, Tom Hanks in Big, just hearing <laughs> sirens and watching people fight on the street and being like, help. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty shook, man. Shout out to Parkdale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, check this out. I don't even know if James knows this, but I worked in between like high school and going to university one summer. I worked uh, at the Skydome Hotel. Really? And some of the players... And they the ACC wasn't built yet, so early Raptors games were there. Yeah. So I saw I was taking laundry to the laundry room and saw Damon Stoudemire just hanging out and in the laundry room. <laughs> no, but like <laughs> just drying my jeans. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were cool jeans too, because it was like yeah, ninety nine. So what kind of jeans would those be? I don't know. Not wide leg. Yeah, yeah, they were raver jeans. <laughs> Yeah, orange fuzzy pants. <laughs> he, was, he was sucking on a pacifier. <laughs> <laughs> but like sometimes I had to clean off the linens uh, of rooms that basketball players like the other team would stay in. And Did you ever see? I stain? think Roger Clemens was living in two rooms like with his family. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like it was way back then. Did yeah, you was it Roger uh, Clemens? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was here for two years. Yeah, this is a whole thing in, <clears throat> in, in my new book, Prehistoric. Pre-order really? Um, yeah, because a lot of players came here first year, like you mentioned. Yeah. They were playing at the Skydome because there's no basketball arena here. Yeah, and they struck it and put it up like so fast. Yeah, I was half, blown away. Half of the players, when they came here, would just stay at the Dome. Yeah. So, so like yeah, guys like Tracy Murray, these players were telling me, like after home games, they would just take the elevator elevator up to their room, and that's it. That's and they would only ever eat like like you talk about like athletes being in a bubble and stuff. So they would yeah, only go yeah. to Gretzky's, which was like super popping at yeah. the time. 
and, and <laughs> Shasta Gretzky's R.I.P. Remember to the great one. Shout out yeah. from Alex who to, lives to near Gretzky. R.I.P. to the great one and is yeah. scared of everywhere. Yeah, Shasta Wahlburgers right down the street. <laughs> promoting burgers that I never. Honestly, like. Wahlburgers is popping. Shasta Italy. It. I know you guys are big fans of Italy. Yeah, Mike especially. You know, as, as a as a loyal Evil Men listener, every time because like when I bike to to sports and I'm blue, I bike by Italy like a lot. Yeah, I oh, just yeah, crack yeah. up every time I see Italy. Now. It's just yeah, I know. especially when I'm in there getting a pizza slice. It's just a joke it's, to me. It's now. good though, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Italy's not a place that I would be like, yo, let's go to Italy. I'm gonna right. go. I'm gonna go. I haven't yeah. been yet, but I wanted to say, put this in the bonus edition of your book. Yeah, I got like you. maybe ten years from now or something. But one of the linen boys, which we would go in and take and change the linens. I wasn't like a maid or anything. I just grabbed that. Would like because they'd leave sacks of weed and giant bottles of booze. Wait, the and players you, or the linen boys the, would? The players and I was a linen boy. So sometimes you had to take it in a uh, a rolling bucket on wheels to claim it. But I think I'm far enough away from having that job. And I quit right before I was about to get written up anyways. Because uh, I would have naps on big stacks of fresh linen. <laughs> Oh my God! Did you ever take the alcohol or? That's weed? what I'm saying. Yes, I did. <laughs> From NBA players. Maybe they left so it as I, a tip. I, I got really fucking high <laughs> off of NBA player weed. Wow! Yeah. And that was like, yeah, I'm talking '99, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's that's a part of sports they don't tell you, you know, at Sportsnet or these mainstream networks. You know what I mean? Alex. Yeah. <laughs> See? Shouts to Sportsnet. There By you the get way, the inside. Have insight. I ever told you I was at the very first game? And That's I, amazing. I no, sat no, in the... November 3rd, 1995 yeah. against the New Jersey Nets? Yes. Damn. I remember it. I, I was first up in the five... game? Yeah. I was in the 500 level, so it was you could not see anything. How old, how old were you? I would have been uh, 12 or 13. Yeah. And, but from <laughs> my seat, there was like a bunch of darkness and blackness between my seat and the court because it was way up in the top level there. It was crazy. Do you remember they, they used to sell binoculars? No. In the wow. Like you could like rent them, I think, for the game for like 12 bucks. That's so funny. Like the <laughs> opera. Because <laughs> <laughs> the tickets up there were like five bucks and you used to be able to buy them at Shoppers Drug Mart because they were like the first sponsor of the team. So oh they bought God. blocks of tickets and you could just go with like, you know, your parents would bring you to shoppers and you could just go to the front counter and be like, I want four tickets to a Raptors game. It definitely was pretty touch and go at the beginning, right? Like it felt like people here weren't used to basketball. The players were like Canada. Yeah. And, and the, I think the whole thing, too, you guys keep talking about the Skydome. Like it was just weird to play there. Yeah. Like it wasn't like serious. Yeah. And like people didn't really like the Raptors logo at the time, too. Right. And now there was like Raptors a team. Raptors name and yeah. logo was really fucking embarrassing oh yeah yeah Yeah. this is what i try to tell people it's like i was huge into sports like even then growing up and it's like if you wore raptors gear at school like you just got made fun of yeah like it wasn't cool wow Yeah. yeah i loved basketball i played like in a league with my friends and we were so psyched that we were getting a team and then when it was named the raptors like a couple years after jurassic park and then that was the logo like a cartoon raptor dribbling a ball we were like shit it would be like if like now, it, we wanted it to be like you know death killers or something <laughs> yeah. like just something savage like the like yeah. the destroyers it, it would be like if it now it was the toronto navi <laughs> <laughs> like from avatar <laughs> like it honestly yeah. is not different. the toronto harry potters <laughs> yeah yeah but then if you think about it it's like 
<laughs> we all have to dress like blue water people. Yeah. But it's like the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's like, I don't know, man. Yeah, Maybe well, you guys will disagree, but it's like, I don't know. That that name doesn't hit that hard either, though. Alex, you must have interviewed and met NBA players fairly often. Um, does anything stand out about it dealing with these guys? Or like, they're generally nice, not nice? Yeah, the, the one thing I don't like about covering sports, and I can tell a few stories, is like, I don't like knowing too much about these guys. Mm-hmm. It's like when I used to be a fan... Like, you would watch them from far away. Like, these guys are cool. They got sneaker deals. Like, you know, they can dunk like nobody and stuff. And then once you're around the team, once you're around these players, and you realize that, like, not everybody is, like, how they perceive themselves to be. Like, public perception versus, like, reality. Mm -hmm. And it's not even, like, direct encounters, yes. Like, you'll find guys that are, like, super cool with you. um, And then guys that just don't have the time for you. And I try to, like, have a good perspective about that because, like, like I try to put myself in their shoes. It's like of all the, the list of things that they need to do as an athlete, like talking to media is got to be like at the very bottom. Like who actually wants to do that? Right. But right. yeah, yeah. there's definitely like a divide of like guys who are like who they are, who they present themselves as. And then guys, guys who are not, but like the first assignment I ever got. So I told you guys, I lived in New York for a little bit. That's when I started like my, my like sports writing career and all this stuff. Um, I was working with uh, GQ and it was New York Fashion Week. I don't know if you remember this player, Chandler Parsons. No. So he was like he was like a pretty hot player at the time for like the, the Houston Rockets and he had gone to the Dallas Mavericks and like he had gone into fashion and stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> no, I, I, I like, think yeah. I do remember that. Was yeah, that yeah, yeah. early 2000s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like early, yeah, yeah. late 2000s. Like he was like in the yeah. league. Like he was a pretty big deal. So he was like promoting his own line of like underwear um like at fashion week as like every other nba player does so i was like invited and mind you like i mean you guys see me a few times like you know i guess i'm fits off but i'm not like a fashion guy right so then like they're like yo go meet him at the hotel you're gonna follow him on the whole day like you're gonna chill and stuff so i like freaked out because i'm like yo i gotta come looking proper and stuff so <laughs> i went to uniqlo and just like bought a suit <laughs> and then i showed up to his hotel um like in the soho or something oh, he ripped you and then, no, I showed up at like one and then I get a, I get a message right as I get there. My Uber gets there and they're like, oh, he's actually somewhere else right now. This like fashion show. Can you come back at seven? So I went to like the IFC theater and like watched two movies um, and then went back to meet him at seven. Calls me, go upstairs. He opens the door and he's just wearing his underwear. And then his girlfriend comes out and then she introduces oh herself God. and he's like yo can you just wait here for a bit so i'm literally sitting in the hotel room just watching espn for 15 minutes in his hotel room yeah yeah yeah. and then and then his girlfriend introduced um like she told me her name looked up her name because i like, could tell she was a supermodel and it was like oh recently separated from leonardo dicaprio so like i'm like crazy like so she was 25 so i'm like <laughs> i'm like <laughs> Again, I'm here representing myself independently. Uh, but but like, <laughs> So I'm here, like, and listen, like, I'm not starstruck anymore. But, like, at the time, that was, like, one of my first big assignments, this right? This is crazy. Yeah. So I'm, like, freaking out. So he's like, yo, let's go downstairs for drinks. We go downstairs for drinks. And he's like, yo, Blake Griffin. Um, you guys might know Blake Griffin because he's trying to do comedy, too. Yeah. I or met he, him at Just for Laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, actually really like, I actually really like Blake. And then yeah. he's like, yo, Blake Griffin and, uh, you know, a bunch of these other people are, are going to come through. Like, just these, like, celebs and stuff. So he's like, yo, what do you want to drink? Because, you know, we just ordered food, Chris. And, you know, like, you made your order on Uber Eats. And I was like, yo, I'll just have whatever you had. I'm yeah. like that. I'm chill, right? Yeah. 
so he's like i'm like yo i'll have a whatever you want man so he's like yo i want a triple red he's like yo two triple red bull and vodkas so i drink one of those <laughs> and i'm like yo here's no. the i'm like here's the recorder <laughs> man let's chat yeah. it's like I, for, I actually forgot i'm here to do a q a with you like about your and stomach. he's also c- completely double your size oh yeah yeah, yeah. stomach wise and, and everything like, <laughs> and we're like in the middle of this like loud ass hotel like in the middle of like fashion week and like i'm freaking out like i'm sweating because i'm like yo i don't even know if i'm picking up his answers right now i gotta file this story tonight so then <laughs> so then i follow him to this like red carpet event and mind you we probably had like three drinks at that point like the same drink and I'm like done, and it's like <laughs> 6 p.m. We like grab a drink there. I think I spilled a drink on somebody, and then that's when I realized I was like, "Yo, it's time for me to just like get out of here." Um, and then the problem was when when the when the story got published. So uh, Mark Cuban was the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and and Chandler Parsons was a player on that team. The headline of the GQ article was like, "Oh, having triple uh, Red Bull and vodkas with Chandler Parsons." So I got a call from Mark Cuban's office, and his assistant was like. Uh, just like reading me the riot act, like really angry that like we had portrayed one of their players as like going out and partying real hard and stuff. Wow. And I was like, man, I'm getting paid like 300 bucks for this experience. Like <laughs> here's my GQ editor. Like you guys deal with it. So that was one of my first yeah, like, stories. Oh, that, did the editor have your back? Oh yeah. Yeah. He had my back fully. He's nice, like, nice. he's like, he's like, yo, I got you. And then he lightened up the headline. So I guess he didn't really have my back, but, <laughs> but he took care of it. Cause it's yeah, like, he oh, didn't let, he didn't yeah, I was like a freelancer at the time, you know, it's like, I'm like, I'm not dealing with all this stuff, you know? And also yeah. like what threat and also is you're Mark- being honest. What thread is Mark Cuban going to make? Like, you'll never write another article about a Dallas Maverick again. Yeah. An underwear hey. model. You made an underwear model look bad. <laughs> yeah, but Blake Griffin, you mentioned Blake Griffin just for laughs. Like, I actually got to hang yeah. out with him a few years ago when he was in uh, Montreal, like, doing doing the just for laughs. So I was there. I was doing it, too. Was that, was that okay, this would have been, 2019, like, maybe? Right after the championship. Yeah. That's how yeah. I remember. Yeah, so I was, like, shadowing him. We did, like, a podcast and stuff. That's one of my favorite guys in terms of like the sports he was comedy, like yeah. crossover. Cause I know he works, he's close with like Neil Brennan and like he at least like, I don't know if you guys find him to be funny, but like I at least respect him for like being serious about his craft. Like I actually respect him. Cause like, that's one of the other things I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Mm. Cause even talking about like uh, the evil man that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Cause I have these concepts. Like one of my concepts is like uh, actual funny people and like sports funny people. Cause like I work in sports and like the bar is really low for comedy. Like people will think athletes are like the funniest people, but like they just like do the most like random thing. It's like they'll crack a joke about their teammate and people will be like, yo, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are so funny together. Right. And I'm like, that's not actually funny. It's just funny. Cause you love like, athletes. that's basic ass shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I've been trying to push. My theory is that the only actual funny person in the NBA is Kawhi Leonard. Because, like, Kawhi Leonard actually, oh, like... because he does the deadpan character. Because he, he actually doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of these other guys, like, even OGN and Obi on the Raptors will do his deadpan thing. Yeah. I will say, yeah. when, when like Kawhi was on Fielder. the Spurs, though... Uh, and they were doing those commercials or whatever. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Heb commercials, he the was local commercials. Nailing it. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like he actually he, doesn't care, and it's yeah. like when he's funny, it's like his actual personality. I still feel the burn from him not staying, but oh, I feel it every day. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I feel it. And every I day. think almost any other player would have stayed one year. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think it's such one a one year. I feel like it's such a Toronto thing too, and 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 I'm part part of the problem too. Is like we we forgave him too quick. 
I didn't. Okay, okay, that's good. Can you be mad at a guy who brought you a championship? But he also just left two weeks later. But the team was so solid, too. The no, team had team. his back. Yeah, it like, was a great team. Be Nick like Nurse you, was, like, at the height of his powers, yeah. too. I, I just it's feel just like, a, if, Le, like if, if LeBron James or someone, like, did that to a city. Like, yeah. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen LeBron do yeah. that. We've mm-hmm. seen LeBron leave. And not even under a circumstance where you just won a championship. Yeah. They, they would be bitter towards him forever, whereas Toronto seems, like, very yeah. appreciative. And I get that part, but I feel like I want I, I just want a little bit more anger. No, well, like, I still watch for Kawhi News to see that he's not succeeding. Like, <laughs> yeah, that he's failing. The fact that Clippers never got it together, like, I'm still psyched about that, to be honest. It's like if we dated... Is that bad to No, say? it's good. Because the year after, the Clippers not winning the championship was our championship. I know. Absolutely. No, like, it was that. It was yeah. a nice term. I, I think Will, uh, Will Lou, shouts to Will, he put it best. We were talking about Kawhi again like last week on our podcast and he was like yeah Kawhi has our heart but he doesn't have our kids so (laughs) (laughs) see you had to think about that for a minute but i was like yeah yeah that kind of tracks actually yeah Yeah. interesting you know what so we i wish he took my kids (laughs) i wish i went to the clippers and he stayed here <laughs> no, like Kawhi came, you know, and he left without any responsibilities, you know, like he just right. came. He through impregnated he us. Yeah, but no, that's he like when he I, left. I know. Okay, the fuck? for a super. See, this is where I get killed by hardcore uh, Raptors fans, like Freddie. You know, Freddie too. Revis. Yeah, Freddie Revis. Shouts to Freddie. The championships almost tainted a bit. It's not. It's you not know? tainted it's, because it, the it, celebration it, was so yeah. awesome, and then it just instantly bled into that. Are you gonna? And then like fucking john tory being like should i call you what does he say like what did he say something at the parade i remember he said, should i call you sir or no king <laughs> i swear they gave him a key to the city yeah and they everything. gave him a key to the city and he's like i should call you king kawaii's like hey, i don't know no i'm with you i think it's tainted in that you kind of know that they probably would have won another championship and there's very few like fan experiences where you sit there and you're like wow we didn't win another championship because yeah. our because our main guy decided to leave after a championship there's like no historical precedent for that really my friend derek shoots for i think espn and he was on the court for the shot yeah that's amazing yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I always say like top two being like in the arena stadium. Like I was I was blessed to be in the stadium when uh Jose Bautista hit a bat flip. Oh my god. Oh my god. And, and the Kawhi shot. Too. And those are the Fuck. only two times that I actually felt like the stadium arena like shaking. Wow. Yeah. No, like the Sky Dome, like the Rogers Center, shouts to Rogers, uh was uh <laughs> was shaking. No, like it was shaking wow. when Bautista hit that. Oh, and like you sure. could see like on the TV, like on the shot, like you know, because the oh, camera yeah. guy is like yeah. shaking, right? But like you can actually actively feel like in the stadium. I watched Bautista's number get retired uh, or put on the level of excellence last weekend, and I teared up. Yeah, no, I it was up uh, I yeah. yeah, I actually I avoided did. it because yeah, yes. sports is too. Yeah, so I was. Yeah. yeah, I was there. I brought my nephew there. Nice. Still, like, super into baseball and stuff. And I can't get over the fact that um, did you notice John Gibbons got a bigger ovation than any ovation Jose Bautista got? That's weird. I think people? that says something about just like your stereotypical baseball fan. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because yeah. Gibby's like the guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, He's the guy you want to have a beer with type, yeah. you know, type B. Are you like, talking you know? like the fans that come in from Barry and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Barry. Yeah, Is Barry that the 400? Rules. Highway 400, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. close. Yeah. Barry's sweet, dude. Beep, beep. <laughs> okay, listen to this. If you're listening to this episode right now, the day it came out on this thursday the thursday that this episode is released that means tonight 
is the live show of Evil Men at the Paradise Theater on Bloor in Toronto. That's right. It's Thursday, August 24th right now. And the show's starting tonight at 8 p.m. I don't know if there will be tickets left, but check. Definitely check. Yeah. (laughs) Even if you're listening to this at 7.30. Look, I sold out the Paradise Theater as a stand-up, and then my agent said there were standing room uh, tickets that could still be released, and we did that. So we might be at standing room at this point. We don't know. We don't it's know. selling like hotcakes. But check it out. The live show's tonight. Uh, it's going to be a party, and if you're already going, we'll see you there. And if you're not going yet, go, you idiot. Thanks. Also, we want to mention we're recording today at Bob Bazaar in the Junction, 409 Pacific Avenue. 406. 406 Pacific Avenue. Sophia lets us record here. The store is amazing. Alex, you came in and you and you were like, can I buy one of these hats? Yeah. Like you, yeah, I'm purchasing a hat. They got great products here. Shouts to Sophia. Yes. Also an evil, evil man listener. Yes. Big fan. So we got that in common. And Absolutely. we both like the hats. Yo, come check this place out, man. It's cool. Very and Sophia is cool. So thanks again, Sophia. And last thing, don't forget to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash evilmen. <laughs> if you sign up, you get two bonus episodes a month. We're going to have one with Alex. And you also get to join our Discord. Oh, and I wanted to say thanks to Burrito Slam on our Discord because he's in Korea right now. And he said to me, do you want me to pick you up a hat of a KBO team, a Korean baseball hat? No way. And I was like, yes, please. No I went to, way. I went to two KBO games no recently way. when I was in Seoul. Yeah. What was it like? It was amazing. So they have coordinated chants for every single player who comes up. Really? And then there's like these cheerleaders that are in the stands and and like there's a visiting section a home section and they're just changing the whole at bat yeah the cheerleaders are in the stands yeah yeah and these are like male female like they're just there they're like they're like working for the team and my favorite thing about the korean baseball games is every time uh, a foul ball goes into the stands one of the attendants working in the stadium will walk over and make sure that the fan is okay (laughs) <laughs> and then they will <laughs> throw up awesome. an X to let everybody know that everything is all no good. No way. Every foul ball. So I watched this one at bat where this guy was fouling off like five straight pitches. And these guys are just running into the stands making sure everyone is okay. If I someone, if I saw someone run over to check if they're okay and then they get, showed everyone an X, I'd be like, they died. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They might need to work on the on, on the symbol. That yeah. Maybe a thumbs up. up? Yeah. yeah. A Western thumbs culture up. is thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. In uh, yeah, South Korea, X means it's an X. It's cool, they do, like, dude. The throat slit yeah. motion. No, that means he's okay. <laughs> they just took everything from late nineties WWF. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suck it. <laughs> Suck it. He's okay. <laughs> so, Alex, uh, you chose this week's evil man. Who did you choose? We're going with uh, Alex Rodriguez. A Rod. Alex Rodriguez, you remember him, Chris? Like, yeah. Uh, he was... Um, At the height of A-Rod, I would say, and I feel like the Yankees are always like this, but Jeter was on at the same time yes. too, right? Yes, uh, the, the, the The Yankees really looked and felt like a crack military marine squad. Yes. It was really bizarre. They kind of all looked the same, mm-hmm. had no sense of humor about well, themselves. No facial hair rule. 
You know yeah. they have a rule. Yeah, yeah they do, right? Yeah, yeah I no thought so. No long hair, no facial hair. Right. Well, oh, you can have a right. mustache. Mustache is allowed. Yeah, yeah you like can a cop. Chris. You. <laughs> <laughs> cool, <laughs> dude. <laughs> they have the same rules as cops. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, well, Jeter was on the team, and he was like Mr. Yankee. Yeah. You know, in the fans' minds, he embodied being a Yankee class and all this stuff, even though God knows what he was doing. And he looks Jeter like all to me. I know, yeah, we're talking about A Rod, but Jeter always looked like, you know, in the 1950s, daydreaming about the American dream. Draw the perfect suburban American man. Mm-hmm. And he's like kind of that, like stiff. Yeah jaw like broad shoulders <laughs> yeah. military haircut like the yankees all seem like that to me but even if you're not like yeah. a white guy you know what i mean but what's it's, so it's interesting because jeter kind of embodied like i'm a yankee i'm this perfect man yeah. and a-rod even though i would say he was a better player never did he he was a villain there a lot of the time i think yankees fans never considered him as like a true yankee or other fans and uh we'll get into why exciting and i gotta say to the people listening at home i'm sitting in between two insanely smart sports fans that really fucking care about this shit so this is crazy to me yeah i don't know what i'm gonna you're the only person who looks like he could be on the yankees that's right (laughs) i got a mustache like a cop (laughs) Thanks for letting me keep my mustache. <laughs> oh, and he strikes out again. <laughs> Must be the stash. Um, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say during this episode, but well, I'm excited. You're going to find great observations, and you know, there's there's some there's some saucy stuff in here. There's sex. I'm really excited to let you you guys' expertise reveal themselves. Nice, because you're you were a basketball guy, Alex, but you're also a baseball guy. Yeah, huge baseball guy, yep. especially during the steroids era. Oh yeah, it was which a Rod, which A Rod oh, is, yeah. is a very yeah. much a part of. And mm-hmm. and Alex is wearing a Jays hat today, just by chance. Yeah, and then also James, I would say, his baseball fanaticism, which we haven't said yet with uh, when Mike's been here, but I would say it's. Mm, uh, almost uh, on the spectrum. I think you're right. <laughs> I was talking to Ennis. I was texting. There's an with, Asperger's element to it. Oh, 100. percent I was to Ennis Asmer. Hope you're enjoying this yes. classic. Yeah, Ennis rules. I was texting. I texted with Ennis about baseball, and I was texting with Ennis, and he's like, "Who did the Blue Jays trade John Farrell to again?" And I was like, "Oh, Micah Villas." Like, boom. Like, I, I, it is almost Aspergersy. I'm really excited for you to fully unleash without thinking. I think I could name all the World Series winners and runners-up from like 85 to maybe 15, like off the top of my head. It's just all embedded in my mind, and I don't know, uh, I don't know why, but some people dedicate their lives to learning medicine or business. It reminds me, me of how I know every porn star's name and whether they're <laughs> alive or dead. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that is impressive. That's a little bit spectrumy too. <laughs> I'll say. Okay, so A Rod, born in 1975 in New York to Dominican parents, grew up a Mets fan. Uh, as a young kid, he mostly grew up in Miami. Uh, obviously, great athlete. In high school, he was the 
a shortstop on the baseball team and he was the quarterback of the football team. So this is interesting. When he when he was like 17, 18, he was a great prospect, but he wasn't a great hitter. And in one offseason as a teenager, he gained 30 pounds and started being able to bench 200 more pounds in weight. And he was also oh, working, good work. working out as a young hotshot prospect with Jose Canseco, famous steroid user. So, yes, we did an episode with Ennis. Yes. Yeah, that was really fun. So speculation that even as far back as his high school ga- days, maybe A-Rod was using steroids. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think about the ethics of players using steroids? Because I actually don't know if I care. I actually don't care because I feel like it's one of those things where everybody was using steroids. Mm -hmm. So it was like a level playing field because they were trying to make you feel like there was only like five hitters in the league Mm -hmm. who was using steroids at the time. It was like, but we came to know like Roger Clemens and like a lot of these pitchers Mm -hmm. were there too. I also found it to be hilarious because remember a bunch of these players got called to Congress Yes, for like a whole hearing. And then my two favorite things was number one, uh, Rafael Palmero, like, gave this whole speech about how, you know, he would never use steroids and he was caught like three days later. Um, and then the second thing was Sammy Sosa. You remember Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire had that great home run, you know, chasing yep. for the record. And Sammy Sosa was doing interviews. He was like America's darling, like that whole summer. And then the minute he got called to Congress, he had to bring someone, he had to bring a translator. Like he just didn't <laughs> speak English suddenly. So that was one of my favorite things about about that era. I know that was nuts because... Roger Maris hit 61 home runs in 1961. Nobody comes close. Then all of a sudden, in 97, 36 years later, two guys break it. And you're just thinking, I'm witnessing the most insane thing ever. And they're both like, yeah, meanwhile, there looks like WWF. <laughs> no, if you looked at like, if you looked at Mark McGuire's skull at the time, you know, mm-hmm. and just like, mm-hmm. he had like muscles that like didn't even exist like oh, yeah. on his arms. Yeah. Like, we should have known, but like, I think as baseball fans too, as kids, like we just wanted to go along for the ride. If we could only have seen <laughs> their shrunken testicles, we might have known. Yeah, McGuire is my go-to like image of the steroids heyday. Like he was this bizarre, almost like a bad guy that fights in the Incredible Hulk. He looked like the, the figurine of W, like in the nineties, the WWF, the rubber figurines. Fighters. Yeah, he looked yeah. like that. One thing I think about steroids is I read this article by Dan Lebitard that helped shape my steroid opinion, which he raised this sort of point that it's a bit arbitrary to to suggest anyone doing something kind of unnatural to improve their performance is cheating. For example, I believe it was Kobe would and Lance Armstrong would go to Europe and have like their blood cycle. Yes, Kobe famously flew to Germany and had this like knee operation that mm-hmm. you were referring to, where mm-hmm. they like regenerated like a, like it was basically considered it wasn't considered illegal, but it was like a gray area. Right. And I think what you're getting to is like every athlete is just trying to find whatever edge, right? Yes. You think about baseball, it's like aside from steroids, you know, the Houston Astros like a few years ago were caught like stealing signs and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like to me, I don't know if like everybody agrees with it, but like in sports, you're just trying to find every edge, right? Yeah, and like whatever you do to your body, that's just your own thing. And we, I've totally had funnier jokes injected into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and you've had your dick uh, shrunk, right? Yeah, so I could joke about it because it was too hot before. I almost didn't stay in comedy, right? As <laughs> <laughs> the Barry Bonds of comedy, <laughs> and Sammy Sosa, yeah. 
but I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's an interesting, it's interesting to not think about if the knee jerk reaction to st- steroids equals you're a cheater equals knee jerk and other operation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I like, yeah, it is weird because it's like ethics. It feels like cheating, but then you're right. If everyone's doing it, and all these guys and they're ne- doing other things yeah. to improve their performance they're getting drugs and um operations and whatever that do affect their abilities so wh- where's this arbitrary line also like if one of these guys like breaks like a fibia or something uh they don't get the same treatment that we would if we bro- like these guys mm-hmm. have like RoboCops surgeons working on them. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's the fact that steroids is a part of that whole puzzle mm-hmm. makes it fuzzy. You understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing too is like, you talk about the McGuire, Sosa, home run chase. Like this was right after the baseball strike. Yeah. Where they lost save a lot of baseball. fans. Mm-hmm. Save baseball. And you have to look at too, like baseball as a system, like wasn't punishing these guys as the home run race was happening. They were willing to let this stuff go because... Mm-hmm it brought a lot of fans back to the sport, right? Mm-hmm. It was not until only later when they started taking the moral high ground. And now you have all these guys like Sosa, Barry Bonds, Clemens, like even A-Rod. None of these guys are getting voted into the Hall of Fame yeah. because of what they did. But when they're taking the moral high ground too, it's only at that point, usually because of pressure from the outside, right? Because they're making, like you said, a shit ton of fucking money. And then all of a sudden, and especially in the States... You have these puritanical moralists ruining your goddamn business. I'm sure that's what it was. I just, I have come around like in later age to like feeling for these players because like Mm. I feel like they have taken the brunt of just the blame for like what happened. Mm. But they were allowed to run rampant, right? Like if you're allowed to break these rules, why wouldn't you? And you're some dude like I could maybe have a good season and make enough money that I never have to think about money again or my kids. And if I don't, I might have to work again at some point. But like, also imagine what it feels like to hit a baseball <laughs> like a god. Like a god. Yeah. Like, you know, Hercules at bat. Like, that's amazing. It would feel cool. Okay, so um, A-Rod now, maybe he's using steroids. We don't know. He's the top prospect in America. And, he, you know, he becomes the first high school player to play for the American national baseball team. And in 1993, at 17, he was selected first overall uh, by the Seattle Mariners in the draft. So A-Rod, right off the bat, had a bit of like uh, dubious vibes, I guess. His, he had this notorious agent, Scott Boras, who's still like the super agent in baseball, always about like getting their players the most money, uh, you know, no matter what the cost. And so A-Rod almost didn't sign with Seattle. He was like holding out for more money. He called the team low class, which was weird for a teenager, not even major league player, to say stuff like that. Um, but eventually, <laughs> but eventually, he signed. And uh, did you know A Rod when he was playing in the minors for the Mariners? He played uh, for Calgary. Oh wow! I wonder um, if A Rod went up the Calgary Tower. A Whoa. Canadian connection. <laughs> yeah. I just want to know: Did A Rod ever have any other nicknames um, aside from A Rod? That's a great question. Because that's a terrible nickname. I know. It's it's. I'm pretty nothing. sure there's been J-Rods. Like, there's every yeah. rod in If you like got baseball. a K-Rod. Yeah. That's right. K-Rod. Yeah. Yvonne Rodriguez. Well, I-Rod. Th- later <laughs> I don't on, think that one hit. 
Later on, the New York Post did a lot of like a fraud. And oh, that's right. Like it, was, that. it was great for the headlines. Yeah. yeah. Great point, though. I will say, like Chris was saying, that the, the Yankees all kind of looked like robot men. A-Rod had an insane athlete body. Do you know what I mean? Like when you look at his body, it's like lean, but he's strong and he's tall. Like unusual baseball body. Yeah, this is why he allegedly had himself painted as a centaur. Yes. Which I think we'll get to. We'll get to that. Okay. So A-Rod plays for the Mariners. Um, Within a couple years, he's like putting up insane numbers like you know, basically we've never seen you, you pretty early on. You're like, okay, this guy might be one of the best players of all time. Um, he plays for the Mariners for a bit and hits free agency. He was, he almost signed with the Mets. I didn't know that he almost signed with the Mets and the Mets didn't have a problem with the amount of money he asked, but he had a lot of weird, um, asks on top of money. Shout out to Scott Rogowski. Too. Yes. Big Met fan. So A-Rod, uh, said he wanted his own private jets his own personal suites on the road, his own marketing staff, luxury boxes for friends, his own office in the stadium, and a guarantee that he'd have more billboards in New York than Derek Jeter. So already you're detecting like there's some insecurity or something like some quality to A-Rod that's not charming. This reminds me of when Steve McQueen wanted to be billed first on the poster for Towering Inferno over Paul Newman. Is that true? Yep. Mm. Do you think you'd ever care about that? Well, looking back on it, could you imagine Steve McQueen being celebrated more than Paul Newman? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. What no, about, I wouldn't care about that. What about? For, you know what? I just uh, texted with the woman who runs the Paradise Theater, and we're going to have our names on the marquee. Uh-huh. I said you first. I didn't even. I didn't really set it out that way, but I'm like, here, you know, in case you don't know how to spell our names. Well, that makes sense because I am the Paul Newman of evil men. <laughs> so A-Rod, he's asking for all this money. He's asking for these weird asks that seem kind of shitty. Um, and so the Mets were like, at some point, the Mets were like, we'll pay him the money, but all his requests are making us think he's like a, a, a weird guy and maybe he'll be bad for the team. So the Mets passed on him. And uh, A-Rod's agent, Scott Boris, kind of, I would say kind of tricked the Texas Rangers owner into just paying A-Rod a crazy contract at the time. It was like twice as much as any team at any paid ever paid paid for any other player. Um, he got a 10-year, $252 million contract from Texas. Texas is still paying that contract, and he hasn't played for them in 17 years. So A-Rod just gets what? this fucking crazy... Yeah, this happens a lot in sports, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> tell them about Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, the, the <laughs> no. What is it? July first is Bobby Bonilla Day. Yeah, he hasn't played for the Mets in like thirty years, and he still gets a million dollars a year. Got his contract like deferred, where he gets paid. He gets like a million dollar payout like every year instead of like ten million. You know, yeah. would you? Okay, now here's a question of ethics. Would you, of like sound and mind, be able to accept that money? Oh, yeah. why not? What, 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 what would be the moral high ground of not accepting the money? New York Mets, I can't accept this. But you're not delivering the service even one. Who's that guy? But it's uh, like fair. Because like, imagine Chris um, f- f- run the burbs, okay? Imagine, yeah, imagine, I've got a contract like that pretty much with run the burbs, $252 million yeah. for 10 years. Imagine they're like, Chris, we could either give you a million dollars this year 
or you know a hundred thousand dollars a year for fifteen years. Wait, say and you that get again? more deferred. Yeah. So you might go, okay, I'll take the yeah, and then the show show ends oh, whenever it ends, and right. then you're still making that yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If they agree to that contract, yeah, what the hell? But uh, it reminds me of like, oh, I hate that I'm blanking on his name right now. The basketball player uh, that got traded to every team with like a freaking broken foot that will never heal, but he's awesome. It's like the last like ten years. Is he still playing right now? I don't know because he's always fucked up. Odin or whatever, Greg Odin. No, Odin no, no. retired early. No, no, yeah. he's better than that. It's like it's a good player, but he's always his legs never coming back, and every team always oh. like takes a chance on him. Stay mm. tuned for the Patreon episode. We're gonna have the answer by then. <laughs> oh my god, I'm yeah. No, but it's funny you mentioned the contract too, James, because I feel like at the time, like you mentioned, that was like the biggest contract mm-hmm. in baseball, probably one of the biggest in just like North American sports. People were a bit sickened by it because it was so much bigger than anyone yeah, expected. Yeah, and that goes to my other thing too. Like, like I feel like when I look back now at the time, like there was just a lot of like anti like player sentiment mm-hmm. when it comes to like how people thought about like athletes. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you think about today, it's like when guys get like three hundred million dollar contracts. Yeah, you know, you talk, get, you, you, get that money. yeah, you talk in the context of like, oh, is he good or bad for the team? But you're also like, I can't hate on the guy for making this much money because it's like it's not your money. It's like these billionaire owners who are like just cutting these million dollar checks that really don't mean a lot to them. Whereas back in the day when guys got big contracts like A-Rod, like it immediately like painted them as like a villainous character type. That's a great point. Something shifted. I mean, it is off-putting when regular people are struggling and you see how much (laughs) athletes are making. But I think I started to change my mind a bit on it when you realize, well, the money's there so it's either the billionaire owners are keeping it or the players are getting it so i guess i'd rather the play like why wouldn't you rather the players than the owners but i mean it's almost like the system and society is messed up where teachers don't make very much and athletes make this but it's not the athlete's fault yeah this is the the problem about talking about sports like i talked Mm -hmm. about earlier with like sports funny and actual funny Mm -hmm. everything has to be talked about within just the context of like the sports world let me put it to you this way let me put it to you this way there's not that many professional athletes in comparison to how many poor people there are and the the athletes make 300 million for the contracts like you're saying and poor people barely make enough to survive weekly but those athletes uh, make the poor people docile and sedated so they don't band together and rise up and create a revolution against the corporations that are ripping them off. Hmm. That is how sports is important. Damn, Chris. Uh, let me think about that one. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> on the Patreon bonus. I need to process that one. You said it real confidently, so I just nodded along. <laughs> I feel like there are a few plot holes in there. <laughs> yeah, that's because you've drank the fucking Kool-Aid, man. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> so A-Rod's this incredible player. He leaves the Mariners. They were way better the year after he left. They set an American League record with 116 wins. And the Rangers, the team he went to, were horrible. So I think it's a bit, you can't actually blame A-Rod for that. He was really good. But people did. 
Ken Rosenthal, who's a big baseball reporter, he gave A-Rod the nickname The Cooler because everywhere he went, he cooled the team down. So the narrative's already starting that A-Rod's a bad guy. He goes to the team, and the team's bad, even though he's a good player. And that's crazy because baseball, of all sports, like one player can only impact so much. Yeah. Look at Shohei Otani right now. The greatest player probably of all time. Who plays two positions. Yeah. And he still can't get them to win. And the Angels suck. Yeah. So, yep. wow, I'm becoming pro A-Rod. I don't know if that's good for <laughs> know, the episode. Me too. But <laughs> well, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah, he's. I mean, he could be low on the scale. I do think he's a definitely a douche. We'll get to, to No, we'll also get to things. the concept of actual evil and sports evil. Good point. Because I think A-Rod could be sports evil. That is so good. Yeah. Yes. I like that distinction. That's a good distinction to make in other things like evil or sports evil or like because you guys have had some other like kinds of evil. actual evil men that you yeah. talked about that are very clear-cut yeah aaron's yeah, not up there with caligula i don't think <laughs> <laughs> yeah or jeffrey dahmer <laughs> well only no, one no. of them had to shave for their job <laughs> <laughs> yeah caligula could grow a beard if he wanted mm, but could caligula hit a dinger <laughs> uh apparently he did a lot <laughs> But a ding- hitting a dinger Dead meant something different back in ancient Rome. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you know this, Alex? An anonymous teammate of A-Rod's in Texas told a reporter that, like, in blowouts, A-Rod would tip off an opposing team about what pitches were coming and ask to get the favor returned to him in a blowout. Like, I'll tell you what we're pitching. You, you, you know, you make a little sign and tell me to get my stats up. And who wow. cares if, you know, the, the game's You know, that seems, that seems uh, a lot uh, worse than taking steroids, in my opinion. Me too. That's, but that's just hearsay. I mean, I don't know if, we don't know if this is true. I'm going to start taking steroids just to switch it up in bed. Oh, you know what? Okay. I read a Chuck Palahniuk uh, nonfiction short story kind of thing. where he, Is it something like that in there? Yes. He talked about in real life, he yeah. did steroids and like wrote about what it, the experience was like. Yeah. And he said that for the first few weeks, he was so horny and he felt like his dick was like 10 feet long. And mm-hmm. like, so that could be good, Chris. Yeah. But he said mm-hmm. that after that period, he had zero sex drive and yeah. all of it was just that he wanted to lift weights again. I just and had his a, testicle shrunk. I just realized the plot holes that you were talking about in my. Um, and your poor quashing, people quashing the sports. poor people rising up corollary yes yeah so when a team pays like a 300 million contract or whatever um it's just a gamble for them because of the money that that pro will make for them it will be exponentially massively better than that like when hollywood bets on a shitty movie but they dump like 300 million into the budget it's the same sort of rich person gambling, right? No, I think that's fair. The crazy thing, though, is like once athletes like A Rod get that money, like their perception does change. Like, so some of people those, remember him for that contract. But some of those, mm-hmm. but it's it's <clears throat> it's budgeted that some of those big contracts will fail, and you're just banking on the one that comes. Most of them do fail. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I um, never really thought about it. <laughs> like, if you look at the value, my joke made me think about it. <laughs> the value of sports franchises is just exploded, and it keeps going up. Yeah. So, because it's also br- like the products that they sell, like they mm-hmm. want the whole city wearing all the gear, mm-hmm. and then if they win, the whole world wears their gear. Mm-hmm. Like the the payback is 
uh, in like invaluable. So when teams maybe they say they're losing money year to year, which maybe they are, probably not. They also <laughs> probably bought the team for like two hundred million dollars, and it's worth now two billion dollars. Yeah. So mm-hmm. oh, you gave a contract and lost a bit of money on it. Right. You know what I mean? It, you're, you've made so much money. It's worth the gamble for the most part. Yeah. If Except you win, not for um, fans there and that one contract you told me about. Where they're still paying. Oh, yeah, like, Bobby Bonilla. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Interesting. A-Rod was three years with the Rangers. They were horrible the whole time. He, had, he put up great numbers. Yeah. There, though. Yeah. Like he was, he was, didn't he win an MVP there? He did. I think I read that yesterday on a great site, uh, Wikipedia. He had like 50 plus I'm home runs one season as one. well. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody remembers A-Rod. In Texas, though, I feel like. No. They just remember him for the contract. Yep. Because they didn't do anything. No. But then this is where his career gets interesting. Yes. That's a good distinction to make, too, about fans. mm -hmm. Just like whatever their narrative, they just hold on to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the the Rangers owner regretted signing A-Rod. A-Rod regretted signing there. He said he wished he went to the Mets. So after three years, the Rangers are like, let's get him. We, we got to unload him. This is too much money. This is stupid. Uh, he, he almost got traded to the Red Sox. It fell through. But um, eventually, in 2004, A-Rod him, uh, was traded to the Yankees. And we probably mostly remember A-Rod as a Yankee. That's like where most of his controversies, his scandals were. Uh, he played there from 04 to 16. Um, he won two MVPs there and a World Series. And like I said, one of the most talented players of all time, but not loved and not considered a real Yankee by Yankees fans. I would say a lot of Yankees fans hated him. Why did Yankees fans hate A-Rod? Well, he was constantly like in the New York Post with gossip. Um, there was Yo, always they were drama jealous, around him. Man. <laughs> they were jealous. They probably were. He dated a lot of babes. Yeah. That's what he's famous for to me. Yeah. Who can yeah. you remember him dating? J-Lo? Yep. After Ben, right? Hmm. Or before? Because there's a... Maybe after? I think after. After. Because A-Rod dated J-Lo like his post-career. Yeah. Right. And, but but now J-Lo. Yeah. And then J-Lo and, and, hmm. and A-Rod broke up. So think about when A-Rod moves in on your ex. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> Because you know there's the preliminary early sex parts where she's like, this is not like Ben. <laughs> and now she's back with Ben. Yeah, so, so I she's, guess. And he's got to be like, I'm not going to ask her. Oh, God. <laughs> Could you imagine? I'm so Batman, but he's like obvious. built more like Batman in real life. <laughs> so like, obviously, I'm not going to ask, but I guess you probably had sex with A-Rod. I'm not even going to ask. Yeah. Was it good or it doesn't matter. <laughs> probably not steroids yeah um it was good for the first like couple days <laughs> no but um and then madonna right yeah i don't yeah. know how i would know about that yeah. yeah and also i don't know if i'm like gonna keep put madonna up there with j-lo <laughs> to be honest i actually meant to look two thousand. which era of Ma- yeah madonna, that's the right? thing we're talking era the one right now sex book time sure if yeah. we're talking later, maybe not. <laughs> Bathtub full of rose petals, Madonna. <laughs> you know, I actually wanted to look up the age difference when he dated her, but I forgot to do that. I wonder how much older she was than him. I think she's been 50 for like three decades. 
But I think that's the other thing too about him, like being a villain in New York. Like you mentioned, like what was it in the contract? Like he said that he wanted more billboards. Yeah. Then like Derek Jeter, like I think the context for Chris to know too. It's like Derek Jeter and A Rod played the same position. Yes. Shortstop. And they were considered like they were like rivals in a way, right? People debated who was the better on their own team. Yeah, but this was so. This was before. Yeah, yeah. But then when A Rod came there, he oh, so he's forcing the fans to choose. No, but then he came. He came to New York and he volunteered, I think, to move to third base. Yeah, which was like a gesture. But like apparently, Derek Jeter and A Rod just like never got along. Wait, who volunteered to move to A Rod? It's like it's your team. I'll move. You know, but. They, there was tension, and they did not. Isn't that like each chivalrous other. enough? Yeah, but people always thought A Rod was phony. Like they didn't think he act like. That's he, such A-Rod, a weird even thing. before he got traded to New York, like yeah. said uh, to the m- media that Jeter didn't deserve the money he got, and he complained that everyone thinks Jeter's a great guy and that I'm a dick, basically. I do think there was a lot of jealousy right. with A Rod when it came to, oh, okay. Okay. to okay. Jeter, especially after they got together in New York. Yes, actually, I read that I think it was. Joe Torrey in his book said that basically A-Rod was obsessed with Jeter and the players on the team joked that it was almost like a single white female situation where he was like obsessed Ah. with like a woman like he just was obsessed with Jeter according at least his teammates felt that way well, he didn't have to put a wig on because they all had the same haircut (laughs) good point (laughs) Um, one one difference between A-Rod and Jeter also Jeter didn't say anything to the media ever. No, very rare Rare was there gossip or him revealing any sort of salacious stuff. Jeter? A-Rod, yeah, A-Rod did all the time. A-Rod, Dude, you, you know what that is? Mm. That is a student of Sun Tzu right there. Jeter? Jeter had oh, it yeah. on lock. Jeter. And A- A-Rod is exactly the foil. Yeah. He just showed up just walking right into Jeter's trap, man. Yep. Jeter had him on... Unlocked the whole time. Well, Damn, what? you're saying Jeter was on some art of war shit. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, man. <laughs> you're right. Did He's you? like, I didn't know uh, A Rod was on my team. That's interesting. You know that kind of yeah. attitude. Chris, did you? Is he? How is he doing? Is he nice? Is did, he feeling good? Did you know that there was a story that D- Jeter denied? That someone wrote a story that when Jeter has a one night stand. The next morning, he's gone, and like a butler gives the one night stand woman a gift basket. Yeah, this and, is a famous and, gift and has basket like a, ca- a car to take her Jeter home. Jeter had a reputation for that. Yeah, Art of War. Have you ever I mean, done? G- that? Jeter was dating. Jeter dated like you guys talk about. Carey. Yeah, Mariah Carey. I think it was a long list too. Oh, um, yeah. wow. he dated some actresses too. Um, yeah, I can't think. Jessica Biel maybe. Jessica Biel, I think, was Ooh, it. Oh, Jessica wow. Alba, I think too. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, G- Jeter's list was was longer than than A Rod's. Wow. So A Rod was coming up second in like every single category. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah. J- Jeter's dating Jessica Biel. A Rod's dating Madonna in the early two thousands. Chris, good work. Have A-Rod. you ever have you ever left a? I feel like this is the inception of what <laughs> Facebook was. <laughs> you were just rating relationships and what people look like. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what we're I doing. Know. Now. True. Sorry. We're trying not we to move but off that. <laughs> we're trying not to, but it's just so funny um, to be a jerk. Have you ever left a gift basket to a lover, Chris? Uh, I did until I got married, but that was my move too. Oh, nice. My <laughs> gift basket had. 
uh, a Toblerone and a DVD of Dirty Work. <laughs> And probably a copy of Sun Tzu, the Art yeah, of War. Yeah, Sun Tzu, Art of War, and some barbecue and chips. <laughs> and, you've, and you've opened the bag of chips. Yeah, and half a, yeah, a folded bag of chips. Cool hand loot Criterion Collection Edition. And some joke eggs. <laughs> we got to talk about, you know, you talk about A-Rod as a villain. Yeah. I'm sure you have this too, but like you, we have to talk about all the stuff he did on the field. Like mm. in terms of breaking unwritten rules, yeah, and, and all of that. Let's right? do it. Yeah, because there was there was one time when he um, the the Oakland A's got really mad at him because he like during a game he like after hitting the ball and like getting out he like ran back to the dugout and ran across the mound. Mm-hmm. Which Dallas Braden like, was pitching, yeah yeah right? Dallas Braden, which we were not supposed to do. And then there was one time when he was in uh, playing against Toronto. Do you remember? There was I like do. a pop-up. Mm-hmm. And then I think an infielder, Howie Clark, was going to catch it. And A-Rod shouted out mine to, to mess up the other guy. And like, wait, the I remember that too. Yeah. yeah. He was like yeah, running yeah. as a, you know, on the offense. Yeah. And he like, yeah, went to the behind that the player. That was a big controversy. And the, and the Blue yeah. Jays player backed off like, oh, someone else is going to yeah. catch the ball. And it just dropped. And then the most famous one was in the 2004 ALCS when when the Boston Red Sox came back from 3-0 to to beat the Yankees. He slapped the ball out of the Boston Red Sox first baseman's hand, mm-hmm. right? And and that was a whole thing. So like A-Rod's always like found these like again it goes back to like finding edges and stuff mm-hmm. against the competition, but like I guess people looked at it as like like this is like beneath a guy who's getting paid like 250 million and can hit like 50 home and runs a Red season. Red Sox players said Jeter would have never done that. Like a- after that whole thing where, where A-Rod slapped the ball away, they were like, he's not a real Yankee. Jeter would have never slapped a ball away and sort of cheated like that. Yeah, and you mentioned too earlier, it's like the Red Sox almost traded for him. Yeah. And then he goes to the Yankees and Yankees fans don't like him because he's he was never going to be Jeter. He's one of those rare players where Boston and New York fans hated him at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Like, I actually can't think of another example. (laughs) That's crazy. I always thought it was funny how, like, a kid starts showing potential. Then, like, scouts and whatever are whining and dining them from that age and on. And now they're fully grown men with these skills that they've been, you know, developing and, and all this, like, you know, kissing their ass and propping them up. But they still, they never got to develop here. So they got this kid's brain yeah, on the field. It's like a child, like it's like a child stars. Yeah, arrested like development yeah. mentally. Yeah. But they're these giant hulks with yeah. like, mine. Like that kind of attitude. <laughs> That's mine. Yeah, and they just operate with. must become really egotistical. Yeah. And they operate yeah. with so much jealousy, right? Yeah. Like it's just jealous of your own teammates. Like it's never yeah. enough. He should have been like so comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. You're making the most money. But, but he never had that personal development. Yeah. Well, Crazy. on top of all the sort of cheating, I didn't remember this really, but A-Rod also like incredible player, but he most of the time sucked in the playoffs. Like he really, he had a real reputation as a choker and like they dropped him down in the order in the playoffs and stuff like that. Um, this was another random thing. Why do you think that was? I think it's probably random, but it added to the Yankees' hate of of A-Rod. Like, you know, we can't hit in the playoffs or whatever. Like, so even right, people great do player, feel the pre- pressure in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. But if the fan and the media starts creating that narrative and telling you that, it fucks you up. Meanwhile, Jeter was like considered like a clutch player. Yeah, 
Right. And, and again, he's being yeah. compared to that. Yeah. Yeah. I also, this isn't a good He's going to probably try to die better than Derek <laughs> Jeter. <laughs> In a, like flaming uh, stunt or something. Um, <laughs> I also read... Wait, he died from a heart attack? Uh, I'm going to have a heart attack and a bleeding anus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also read that... A- While reading Sun Tzu. <laughs> <laughs> what is this goddamn thing about? I don't get it. <laughs> I read that A-Rod had a charity that raised $400,000 and he only donated 5000 of it. Oh, man. Or I saw that in was, the video Was I the watched. source of that Derek Jeter? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel I like Jeter was true. secretly spreading all this misinformation about yeah. A-Rod. This is fun. I didn't really know the depths of this. So on top of the Jeter on-field stuff, he was also like, there was a lot of salacious rumors about him I like we brought up. Did you know right here in Toronto... The same weekend as the Pop Fly incident, Mine. A-Rod was photographed coming out of the brass rail on Young Street mm-hmm. with a woman who was not his wife. And this ended up on the front page of the New York Post. Headline, Stray Rod. And they got divorced shortly after, too. Yeah. But you know what? When you get married, mm. you sign a contract. And that means that your wife, even if you're the multi-millionaire giant man, yeah, it doesn't matter who you are, right? You honor that contract. Wow, so you think A-Rod's wife shouldn't have left? No. Oh, you think A-Rod shouldn't I'm cheated. mad at him for having right. sex with some floozy at the, from at the, the brass, brass rail. rail. But I'm also proud. Shout out to Brass Rail. <laughs> yeah, support Toronto business. <laughs> um, Derek Jeter was probably at fucking Zanzibar. <laughs> um so the gossip rags regularly made claims that a-rod was regularly with escorts and that a-rod had non-stop highlights of himself playing in his house and here's a little um tip a-rod when you're hiring escorts you don't need to impress them with your clips you're paying (laughs) for them (laughs) that's a good point you don't even, yeah. Impressive, right? Work is done. She looks at 80 bucks in her hand. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, in 08, the tabloids started saying A Rod is dating Madonna. And Madonna was still with Guy Ritchie at the time. You know what? When you've struck out with many a myriad of escorts, it's time to try Madonna. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, just kidding. I love you, Madonna. That was a bad joke. <clears throat> True Blue was a big one in our house. Yes, cherish and Vogue, love Vogue. A Rod's trainer claimed that A Rod was like obsessed with Madonna. He got really into Kabbalah, the Jewish mysticism that Madonna and other celebrities were into at the mm-hmm. time. Apparently, his trainer said at this time A Rod would only listen to music by Madonna, and when her videos came on, he'd go into trance. <laughs> Again, I feel like this information is all coming from Derek Jeter. (laughs) Yes, very possibly. All this information is very salacious. It sounds like subterfuge. I will do a credit because I haven't done it yet. I watched a video on a YouTube account called Mm -hmm. Baseball Doesn't Exist. uh, And the video was called Why Does Everybody Hate Alex Rodriguez? And it was a really informative video. So I got a lot of stuff from there. So shout out to them. But that's where I got that info. 
I'm actually worried for him. I'm concerned for him now that he's in a trance every time our music comes on mm-hmm. and he's obsessed. Our friend Aaron is like that whenever the bare naked ladies come on. Yeah, you're right. You can't get through to him. Yeah. The bare, he says, he doesn't even say shush, the bare naked ladies are playing. No, he just, he's just his eyes glaze over. Glaze over. Don't even blink. Yeah. I feel the same way whenever the Arkells are on. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> very good. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys have read The Art of War because of how depth they are at dodging uh, mishaps in their career. Because they're always on fire, right, guys? <laughs> they're batting a thousand in my mind. <laughs> With no what steroids. are they called again? <laughs> the R smells. The arse smells. <laughs> so, uh, Alex, you were going to bring up the uh, the mirror kissing photo thing. Yeah. So this happened, I think, in a 2008 Detail magazine photo shoot, and it's a very famous photo of of A Rod. I think in like a workout shirt, and he's just facing a mirror a reflection of himself just kissing himself. And this has always been used as like the photo mm-hmm. to like define everything that people know about like A-Rod's He just narrative. read as insecure and mm-hmm. kind of put on and a bit phony. And people would always, sportscasters would, would like say he feels uncomfortable. Like it's uncomfortable watching him be interviewed and like... Mm-hmm. He, they're, they're, they're reading some extreme insincerity. But Madonna him. would stand up for him and say, no, I get it. <laughs> so I actually pulled up this um, this interview that he did mm. in 2019 cool. with New York Times Magazine. This, so this is like way after his like playing career and he's had some time to reflect. So a couple of questions he was asked. The first one was, did the depiction of you as a villain feel like a misrepresentation? And he said, quote, I would have booed me too. Hmm. I felt that being the tough guy who had all the answers and being robotic was the right thing to do. I was wrong. And now I think it's okay if I just say, I don't know the answer. And then he was asked, what persona or brand were you trying to build back then? And he said, robotic, tough, very serious. And then one other question he was asked was, how did that details magazine photo shoot where you were kissing your reflection in a mirror fit in with that image? And he said, I cringe at that. We were ending the photo shoot and I wanted to run out of there. I think Stephen Klein was a photographer and he was like, let's just shoot one more. And I was like, what? I just want to eat a burger. Let me get out of here. Interesting. Mm. So Interesting. I'm not sure he answered the question about the, um, you know, how that kissing the mirror came yeah. about. But hmm. Let me just kiss the mirror and go and get a burger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very erotic photo too. But A-Rod post-career, like he's become like a media personality. He yeah. was like a guest on Shark Tank. And how do you feel about him in those appearances? Do you feel like there's he still a become, put on? or do He you has feel? shown more of his personality. Okay, yeah. so there you he's go. He's lightened up a lot more. So. so he was going through the hard personal development years as a major celebrity. And America's picking him apart, like all young athletes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, I also found this on my phone. Uh, oh, that's right. So I do have there's the, uh, there's a rumor. So there's a lot of Greek mythology yeah, here because the mirror thing is like Narcissus. Yeah, this and is now like we a, have him looking. This is like, like a photo Photoshop okay. image of him of Arod as a centaur. Yeah, and he was asked about it uh, in in the 2019 New York Times Magazine interview too. Um, uh, the writer asked, "There's 
There's that rumor about you having a portrait of yourself as a centaur, and he said, "100 percent not true." I wish it was true because it's such a cool story. I don't believe him. I think there is a painting of him as a centaur in his house, and he's lying. I have no proof. Well, I think Reckless all the speculation, yeah, but I think all the things you talked about, like him loving to play his own highlights, yeah, and, and just like the ego that he had during his career, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Mm. But. Yeah, so A-Rod's just really known for these few images, I feel like. Yeah. The mirror kissing. A few, like, publicity things that really went awry. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have a brief redemption in his career in t- 2009, the last time the Yankees won the World Series. He had an amazing playoffs. The Yankees won the World Series. And, I mean, if he if he hadn't have had that season and that World Series win, wow. I mean... That's the one little bit of redemption I imagine he has with Yankees fans. Yeah, but he was never going to just like, I think he he was in a no-win situation the minute that he was on the same team as Jeter. Yep. Like just mm-hmm. from like a media personality standpoint and just like on the field. Like Jeter had already accomplished so much, right? Yep. By the time that he came there. You know, there was a, a fan poll of all fans from every team around this time and asked if you'd want even want A-Rod on your team and he's like winning MVPs and 47% of people said no. Just yeah, that's, even that's how you know player. he was losing the media perception game. I'm yep. sorry, I, I, I may have missed it earlier, but when he was on uh, Texas, who uh, was gunning for him to, uh, to join the Yankees? Was it the Yankees? Was it his agent? Or was it him? I think Texas were like, this contract was stupid. We got to get rid of him. And then the Yankees were like, yeah, we'll take the best player in baseball. So there you go. He kind of, his reputation also did get screwed by that circumstance. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't his ego gunning for Jeter by actually joining the Yankees. It'd be like if we paid Mike like millions a year, Mike Belazzo, to Good do Evil God. Man. What would he do with it? <laughs> and then... And then we go, oh, fuck, we can't afford to pay Mike. This is crazy. And then yeah. we trade him to stop podcasting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or or you guys bring in like a second Chris Locke. Yeah. Who like played the same position, played the oh, same role shit. on another podcast. Oh, fuck. And he was like considered the best podcaster in the game. Who same would that humor, be? Same humor, same approach, same jokes. But on the same outside, they'd be arc. losing their shit and I'd be stoic as fuck. Yeah. And then he comes, <laughs> and then he comes over... And he has to play a different role. He can't play shortstop on right, this pod. Right, right. He has to play like your sidekick. And he's trying to catch up to you the whole time. Yeah, think about that. Damn, no one. Yeah. I can't think of who. And he's dating Madonna. <laughs> and you're dating Mariah Carey. <laughs> but and that's reading the thing. Sun Tzu. <laughs> that's the thing. A Rod had this flame. And Jeter, even like unbeknownst to himself, was diminishing the flame. And A Rod knew it. And so he was stra- he was struggling. Mm-hmm. And so he acted out in like really shitty ways. Yeah. And this is like the stupidity of like sports too. It's like Yankees fans just couldn't love two players at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they you just have had, your hero. No, they just had to pick one. It's, it's weird when yeah. why, why, like, why, it's not that hard to like two players at once. Yeah, yeah. It's weird how fans turn on players so quickly. I remember as a kid Delgado, who was amazing, had a big contract with the Blue Jays. And I remember people oh, booing man. him just because he made a lot of money. It was weird. I don't yeah, you're right. You don't see that as much anymore, but there was a weird thing back then where fans really wanted to hate. Was it they're like they're mad at their own lives or something and they just wanted to hate some rich guy? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to parse that. I think only Chris has been able to come up with a <laughs> with a theory on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um 
we will not uh, be silenced. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Speaking for uh, poor people everywhere. No, no. Um, that's like that reminds me of when everybody in Toronto hated Jesse Barfield because he ate at Licks. <laughs> Just wanted to give some deep cut Toronto shout outs. Um, we should mention the steroids now. Yes. After the World Series, A-Rod got investigated for a new scandal um, where it was suggested that A-Rod, A-Rod bought PEDs, performance enhancing drugs, from an illegal organization. And actually, was there another steroid thing I'm missing, Alex? Or was this the one? Yeah, I think this is the one you're talking about. This is the biogenesis, right? Yeah, there was an earlier steroid allegation too, wasn't there? Yeah, so I think what happened was, so this came in like 2013, Mm -hmm. I want to say. Because he got suspended because of this for the entire 2014 season. He got the largest suspension in Major League Baseball history. I think it was 214 games. And then they like went to arbitration, reduced it to 162 games. But and do like, you think that's a rod bias again? No. See, I think he because he didn't he come out and like admit to all this, and then he went back and actually admitted that he was he was actually on steroids from two thousand and one to two thousand and three as well. Yeah. And this was when he was like hitting fifty seven home runs with the Texas Rangers and stuff. Yep. And Rob Manfred, who was the guy who's now the commissioner and was looking into this investigation at the time, he said that behind the scenes or at least according to this video I watched, that A-Rod's team was trying to pay off people for info and even threatening the people that A-Rod bought PEDs from if they were going to say anything. Uh, The video also said that A-Rod, to sort of take heat off himself, gave up names of other athletes who bought PEDs, including his own teammate, Francisco Cervelli. This this all tracks because like, I feel like any of any baseball player that was playing at the time like he would be the last person to want to take another dent to his reputation at the time. Yeah. Cuz he was already the most hated guy. Yeah. And like this would just be the final f- final nail in the coffin and I do feel like people look at A-Rod today now and if they want to hate on him, they can point to the fact that even his like good years he was on steroids. So they yeah. they give him no credit for anything that he does. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Yeah, so he was suspended for a full year and kind of came back but the oh yeah, he he was injured too. And the Yankees didn't want him to come back because of the distraction and they'd save money if he stayed injured. And uh, A-Rod like sued the team doctor and he sued baseball and all this shit. Like really dramatic distraction-y stuff. Um, And then his career just kind of ends, I think. Yeah. Now he's just like jolly old media personality. Yeah, I think he does analysis on Sunday Night Baseball. He's also a part NBA owner. He's a part owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah. Didn't people say he was going to move? But he doesn't seem too happy ever since the J Lo breakup, though. Really? Yeah, Mm because like I remember him going to like music award shows with J Lo, and they'd show him like filming her in the crowd for like his IG story and stuff. Like he was so into that. And then since the breakup, you see him just showing up courtside, like by himself, in NBA games. Surely he has Hinge or something. (laughs) Wait, what's the one for professionals? Oh, Raya. Celebs. Raya. Raya. Yeah. Yeah. Hit that Raya, A-Rod. I just had a couple other little funny things here. Before Yankee Bat Boys had to sign like NDAs, the last guy before that, Luis Castillo, wrote a book called Clubhouse Confidential. And he said that A-Rod had a personal assistant who had to place the slugger's toothbrush on the edge of the sink near the right-hand cold water tap, and the bristles had to be over the basin. 
The guy said, the first time he ordered me to do this, I couldn't believe my ears. And he said, put some toothpaste on it. Um, so, and, you know, the Yankees manager said in his book, Alex monopolized all the attention. We used to, um, we used to not have anybody who craved attention. Then when Alex came over, it just changed the feel of the club. And also worth noting, the Yankees in the, in the, from around, you know, 96 to 01, they won, uh, four world series, I believe. And they were in another couple and they were just like this one of the greatest teams of all time. And that was Jeter, Posada, Bernie Williams. And they were all like classic Yankees. And so this is the post that past that glory era. And there are a lot of overpaid, like, you know, kind of a bloated, not as good team. And A-Rod kind of embodied that. So I feel like, what do you guys think? Like as rich as we could possibly get, I feel like I would still be like, it's cool. I got my own toothbrush, homie. <laughs> yeah even i don't if I need was, a toothbrush assistant even if i was really rich i don't think i'd make a guy put toothpaste on my toothbrush. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that's the attitude that's gonna make sure you guys never become a rod though uh, yeah, maybe you're right well, if you're yeah. not if you're not aiming to be at that level yeah i'm gonna get you'll never know i'm gonna get guys to put toothpaste on my <laughs> toothbrush for me man next um sort of next i don't even think about my toothbrush Aren't you going much. to Halifax to do stand-up in a month or two? A uh, few weeks, yeah. Maybe ask the people in Halifax. Uh, people in Halifax who are coming to my shows at the Good Robot on uh, September 15th or coming to see the premiere of the movie I star in, Who's Your Father, at the Atlantic International Film Festival on the 16th. Yeah, just try putting some toothpaste on my toothbrush while you're at it, why don't you? <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, he probably wouldn't say thank you. No. But honestly, go to those shows on the Halifax. That'd be fun. Seeing you. Nice so to Alex, see you. is there anything else you wanted to add erotically? No, I th- I think we covered all the main points. Erotically. And I think we gave gave the audience and, and Chris, who might not be, you know, as obsessed with sports as we are, very good context. Yeah. I think you A-Rod did. Erod the person. Erod the player. Yeah. Because it, it, it is kind of hard picking an athlete in a way because... If you look at his Wikipedia at first, it's like, well, I'm not going to explain. He hit 290 and 01 and yeah. then 330 and Or spent 10 minutes 02. reminiscing about those Mariners teams <laughs> yeah. in the mid-90s. Oh, it yeah. is like uh, what I th- think, too, is like it's, you know, like when you talk about certain entertainers, too, it's like you, their, their, their mental development was uh, developing in the midst of being exploited which never creates uh, a well-adjusted person. And even like when I was a kid, I was like, Pete Rose was gambling? I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It's like, yo, that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like badass. Like scratch and win? It's like the first person who, who like invented like point shaving, <laughs> like point shave for his own team. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Sometimes it's or like... like the Black Sox. Yeah, it's <laughs> baseball scandal. I think we just hold athletes to like a different standard as well, right? It's like you you like if you pick 10 people in the world and, you know, I'm sure seven of them would have had like big fuck ups or whatever, like statistically, mm-hmm. whereas athletes are just not afforded that same kind of perspective. I think the athletes that you have to gun for for real, um, like forget about... I think it's great that we talked about the ethics of steroids and stuff. And we were and we all, all love ca- steroids. And yeah. we we're all like, I don't know. You know, we were kind of like 
It's not it's not easy for us. I take Metamucil every day. Yeah, that's a steroid for your shit. <laughs> but what I wanted to say was, you know, there's fucking football players that beat and there's all kinds of athletes that beat the shit out of people and actually kill them. No high but, profile guys like that. But this is what this is what I was trying to explain with like, you know, giving a rating to A Rod or whatever. It's like actual evil and sports evil yeah right? like if I you look at that. if yeah. you look at a rod really from a sports evil concept yeah you could see him as a villain like he was never Definitely. liked by his own fan base mm-hmm. we talked about all the unwritten rules that he broke like he never seemed like a warm personality mm-hmm. to the media and you hear about all these other stories like through the tabloids and stuff or a guy who just loved himself so much he's in the context of sports he's not someone that you love like it's it was hard to love him well, why don't I bring out the evilometer? And you know what, Alex? I am I love that. I'm going to give him an evil score and a sports evil score. Um, so I'm going to say evil score zero point five. Not really very evil, but sports evil. I think he's a nine. I think he's one of the biggest sports villains of all time. Yeah, actual evil, I'll go with a 0.5 too because we're all at least 0.5 evil as mm-hmm. humans. And sports evil, I'll actually give him a nine just because I can't forget about that Howie Clark incident yep. in Toronto. Yep. That that hit personally, so mm-hmm. it's a nine. Wow, I like this distinction. We should do this again on with celebrities or something because I like the dual scale. On the actual evil scale, I'm actually going to give him a one- because narcissism narcissism really creeps me out and it's a sin and it's a sin and when he was kissing that mirror i was nervous for him because i thought he might fall into the mirror and drown (laughs) uh uh, i don't know the sports stuff as hardcore as you guys so but on the sports scale i i'm gonna go with you guys i'm gonna say nine because it was nothing but a laundry list of uh shit just off the top of your heads big like sports villains you could think of like a rod um rodman no no i wouldn't put Rodman. no in no rodman wasn't e- evil he was just like a bad boy yeah you're right rodman <laughs> came in the wrong era a lot of people that are misunderstood came in the wrong era and, yeah. and it's funny how many people are like Rodman now yeah Rodman would be a rock star today yeah. and i think it's crazy you talk about a rod too let's like him being like, um, like his growth was stunted because he was like always in the spotlight taking advantage of. What about Iverson? Yeah, I mean, Iverson's a cult hero. I think he was back then and he still is now. I know, but I still feel like he got screwed. Yeah, like he, in the, he was a villain to like the corporate yeah, world. Yeah, He was like a corporate world evil. Yeah. Because he was always mm. breaking the rules. Right, he didn't want to wear... Yeah. Didn't they make players wear suits partly because of... Yeah, yeah, they introduced an entire dress code. Is it weird that I thought Meta World Peace was rad? <laughs> no, Meta's amazing. <laughs> he fucking yeah. rules, eh? Even with the brawl. Meta won a championship care. and then and with the Lakers and then went to the podium after and shouted out his therapist. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, he did more for mental health than yeah. like, you know, probably a lot of other athletes. Oh and he was God, early on. Such it. a good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the thing with A-Rod is like post career, I found him to be very likable. I like yep. that you added that. And yeah. I think, and I think a lot of these guys, to what you said, is like they don't get to find themselves in the world until they're out of that spot. No, they're being exploited until they're drained dry, mm-hmm. and then they become. And now he feels yeah. comfortable just like being a clown, because like he was never allowed yeah. to be a clown. Ah. Sean Avery, sports yeah. sports villain, right? Mm-hmm. Hockey. 
Yeah. I, I get what you're, you're, you're trying to think of these guys who yeah. have that like sports evil. Who fans hate. Actually. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Bob Probert. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, before we go, Alex. Um, Let's drop Alex's credits again and, and yeah, say what he's got coming out. Because yeah. it's fucking awesome. So tell Damn, us I love you guys a, too, about the podcast, your book, anything else. Yeah, yeah. Make sure if you're into sports or not. Um, subscribe to The Rapture Show with Will Lou. Will and I cover the Raptors. Um, check out that podcast. Got a book about the origin story of the Raptors coming out October 24th called Prehistoric. Available for pre-order now. Amazon, other book sites. Go on Amazon and order. You're supporting me, not Jeff Bezos, if that matters to you. And uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Shouts to Evil Men. Excited to be at the live show tonight. Yes. Catch me premium balcony row one seat three. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> nice. Next to NS Esmer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. That's sweet. Hey, um. By the way, I would say even if you're not a huge basketball fan, w- once a month or so, you guys do the banter pods, right? Yeah, that's right. So if you come, if you go on the Raptor show and you just search for episode title, banter pod, it's just Will and I shooting the shit about our lives, and we talk about the three places that we go to in Toronto. Yeah. That's awesome. And Love Barry. It. And we're all going to go to Patois. That's right. That's right. Shouts Check to, out Patois. And shout out to Craig and Ivy. You know, love love shouting out people who I know don't listen to podcasts at all, but <laughs> they, they run Patois, you know, great restaurant on, on Dundas. So Ennis is the guy who ties us all together. He ties the sports world with the comedy we world. We basically so. met basically at his poker game. Yeah, that's right. That's you know, right. Ennis' poker game, I think, is like, are you even a Canadian celeb if you're not invited to the Ennis Esmer poker game? Yeah, sometimes on our podcast we give a uh, thirty-minute recaps of the games, yeah, and then it. wait for our bosses to give us notes. <laughs> so, catch that in the off season. No, but shouts to you guys, man. Shouts to the pod. Love you guys. Thanks, man. Nice. Thank you for Thanks, doing man. it. This, yeah, this is really fun. We need we need Chris Lock back on X, yeah, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, and follow you on Twitter. Steven LeBron. Yeah, Steven, Steven underscore LeBron. Do I need to explain the name or no? <laughs> do you know the Do you know the origins? Story? I don't. Should we save that for Patreon? Let's yeah, save let's it for Patreon. Save that for Patreon. And we'll see you on the Patreon. Alex, that was the best. Thanks so much. That was another excellent episode of. has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.